following presentation is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike Non-Commercial License. For more information on Creative Commons licensing, please visit www.creativecommons.org. Do not panic, ladies and gentlemen. The casuals are here, and we are taking control of the airwaves. This is Casually Hardcore Live on AlphaGeekRadio.com. For Thursday, the 11th of February, 2016, this is Casually Hardcore. On this show, Deadpool, tomorrow, that is all. Batman still versus Superman, now with 100% less cave troll. Boshek, baby. Watch out for meteorites. Battlestar Galactic again? Uh, Scooby-Doo, wi- what the heck? Archer doing Archer things. World's finest one-way crossover. All of this and more on this episode of Casually Hardcore. And I am Gnomewise. And I am Grail. And Daxa fell asleep. Yeah. That's what happens. She might wake up. You never know. <laughs> she might join us. Look her with a stick. See what happens. See what yeah. you get. Other than kicked onto the couch. Right. Uh, is good to be back. And uh, first up on the list of things to talk about is why uh, we've been so uh, unreliable of late. And that's entirely on me. Uh, I want to own that one. My, my Thursday night life has been all kinds of screwed up. So last week, got together with Grail uh, via text and said, let's look at a different night and see if we can find one that we can stream more reliably on and put the show out and not pod fade and all that wonderful stuff. And the schedule looked back at me and said, oh, hell no, you're staying on Thursday. So here we are. Um, I moved all the other crap in my life out of the way, and we're going to remain on Thursday nights. Yay. Uh, yay. Uh, the, but, start, the start time may be slightly variable, as in this evening we started at uh, 8.45 instead of 8.30, um, because this particular iteration of my life has Iolite out of town uh, for work and me solo parenting, so I had to process all the offspring into their various states of hibernation before beginning to begin this. So the concept of starting on the spot at 830. Yeah, <laughs> yeah not so much. Right. But I digress. Um, so you, you took me away from playing XCOM too. So, you know, dude, it's basically the same thing. I am so sorry. Cause I, I'm putting my little soldiers to sleep and two of them went to sleep permanently right before I started the show. Now <laughs> XCOM 2, they took the interesting approach of, they took the failure state from the previous oh. uh, expansion and made that the basis for this game. They said, yeah, you failed at the end of the last game. You did not keep the aliens out, and right. now they're ruling the world, and go. Yeah, That's- and it's been, it's great. Um, huge improvements everywhere, like from the way the classes work to how your base works. Like the base screen, I spend almost an equal amount of time staring at those the decisions I have to make there as I do actually playing like the tactical combat. 
So interesting. Really, really good job. Got rid of a lot of things that were kind of like didn't add much, like shooting down UFOs. Since guess what? You don't have to do that anymore. No, they're already they're on the here. ground. <laughs> Different kind of approach. Yeah. Well, we so appreciate- interesting mechanics. The fact you can start missions in stealth and you can kind of set up an ambush to kind of kick off your mission. It's just kind of cool and just really, really well done. Also, they made the big big decision uh, to not make it a console game right off the bat, whereas Enemy Unknown, they simultaneously launched on the PC as well as uh, the last generation of game consoles. So this this time they went PC only, at least for now, and actually launched with day one mods already available. So... Excellent. Pretty, pretty cool. Lots of fun. PC Master Race is pleased. Yeah, though I read an article the other day that also said the consoles are far from uh, dead. They apparently had a record-breaking Christmas season. So. Oh, I mean, I mean, PC Master Race lives in an echo chamber of their own creation. <laughs> I'm not saying they're right. I'm saying they're entertaining. <laughs> um, they live in Facebook. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> mostly come at night. Yeah. Mostly. Mostly. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Yes. Uh, so the uh, red leather suited elephant in the room. Yeah. Uh, tomorrow and actually today for uh, European uh, customers and people willing to go out tonight in the U.S. because releases on Friday now means releases Thursday late afternoon. Right. <laughs> I guess. I guess so. Yeah. I already had friends posting on yep. Facebook that. Uh, <laughs> They were in line, so dead, like, hey, knock dead yourself out. freaking pool. Looks good. Looks yep. really good. Excited for it. Not going at midnight. <laughs> oh, well, my wife is out of town, so I would be uh, participating in child abandonment if I did that. I mm. do, however, have arrangements with a friend to play uh, Boys Day Out Hookie tomorrow. Mm. So I have all of my honeydew stuff clustered at the beginning of the day. Yeah. So... Get kids to school, take dog to groomer, pick up co-op basket, shuttle co-op basket home, be picked up by friend, go to theater, bask in the glory of Deadpool at a matinee. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on uh, leaving a little early, not, not playing the whole day, but I got to probably go to like a four o'clock showing. So all yeah, preliminary indications are it is... Everything we asked for, and it was a topic of of if you go back through the archives. Oh yeah, we've been talking about this for a long freaking time since before long it was time. confirmed being a thing. Yeah, um, all the way from X Men Origins Wolverine, where you Grail had to tell me that the character that Wolverine fought at the end <laughs> was Deadpool. That's right. To today, where we see Ryan Reynolds reprising but not reprising the role. Right. And I, I knew it was a certifiable thing when I was pulling into the garage today after uh, hitting the store with the kids. And the iPhone crapped out, so I switched over to radio and NPR came on. Mm-hmm. And they had a... I heard this as well. <laughs> a feature piece on freaking Deadpool. Yeah, Bob Mandela yep. reviewed it and actually was like, I laughed out loud during it. And I don't like, laugh out loud to yeah. superhero films. I may chuckle under my breath. And he described the three jokes per line, and they don't care whether the jokes land or not. 
Right. And I, I, at that moment, I said, they got it. Yep. They it's, nailed it. That's exactly yeah. what Deadpool is. Yeah, he is a shotgun. Yep. It is whatever hits, hits. <laughs> and this is from 20th Century Goddamn Fox. Yeah. Well, I know we've talked about them before. They are the most bipolar oh, uh, superhero makers. Because I there. am so looking forward to going to the theater and giving Fox my money tomorrow. Yeah. And in the back of my head is, remember, Apocalypse is coming, and you've seen the trailers. I'm like, God damn it, Fox. Why can't you find one, you know, one method of delivering our Marvel properties and stick to it? Nope, apparently not. Okay, I don't know. I, I mean, you've seen the latest trailer for that one. Right? Yeah, Correct. and I'm still concerned. Um, I, I felt better about it. I mean, there was I a little better. bits that I was a little like, eh, I don't know, just from a visual standpoint. But uh, it looked good. I'm concerned from the standpoint that I finally put my finger on what had the hair on the back of my neck standing up. Okay. Because I was really, really happy that they were moving forward with the first class cast. Right. They've proven themselves between X-Men First Class and um, Days of Future Past, which was largely that cast. Sure. And all of my concerns are with the new characters they've added. So the teenage Jean Grey, the, their, the Olivia Munn version of Psylocke, um, Nightcrawler. Uh, yeah. Know, again, teenage Nightcrawler. I mean, the actor who portrayed Nightcrawler in X2... Set the bar really high. Mm-hmm. Um, he was Kirk for sure. I and I was so, un- it was such an unexpected pleasure in that movie. Yeah, because Kurt Wagner has been one of my favorite multifaceted, really well developed by the writers' character. I mean, he is a deeply Catholic boy mm-hmm. trapped in a demonic-looking body. You want to talk about somebody who is pulled in different directions, and they really nailed that. Oh yeah, in the movie, which I didn't expect, right? I, and and never mind the kick-ass combat sequences with him. Yeah, and I think that was they did a, a great job. Not to go too long on, on right. X two, but I mean they did a great job with the first time you see him was like, oh my god, Nightcrawler is a badass. badass. Like this guy just devastated the Circus Service. And the next and- time you see him. He regrets everything. Yeah, yeah. And then he was became, then you kind of got introduced to the characters. Right. So you already had the, oh, this guy's awesome. And then you kind of got to find out about him, which was a great way right. of, of introducing him. But all that does so, is illustrate how high the bar is in my head that they have to live up to sure. in Apocalypse. Well, I don't know. I mean, for me, I, I, I'm, I'm willing to give them some, uh, some grace here. I think the uh, actress playing Jean Grey from Game of Thrones, uh, Sansa. I, I forget her name, her real name, but right. she she does well enough on Game of Thrones that I feel she's a competent actress and can can she, pull off. She this may role. be suffering from the fact that the the character she portrays grates me. She, yeah, she portrays the character beautifully. She portrays the character as written. The mm-hmm. character as written annoys the hell out of me. <laughs> oh yeah. So. Again, well, let's put that. Well, it's aside. like the guy that played Joffrey. I mean, same oh, thing. I nailed it. He was a Wanna horrible, just douche, and <laughs> yeah. that's exactly what he was supposed to be. Yeah, so exactly. he did a great job as portraying. As intended. Um, so, and the same thing. Like, I uh, like. I know you've been definitely lower on the bar than myself or Daxa on Olivia Munn. I'm I'm pretty okay with it. I'm especially. I, I take it you've seen the uh, the thing with her and Deadpool. 
No. Oh, this is, uh, you got to look it up on YouTube. So it's Olivia Munn basically showing off the training she went through to, to learn how to use a sword. Okay. And she's standing next to Ryan Reynolds, who's just in street clothes. And she's in full Psylocke thing and does this spinning acrobatic thing with the sword all around her body. And Ryan Reynolds has a gigantic inflatable sword and he just kind of bunks her on the head. <laughs> I have stunt doubles. Yeah, because <laughs> I wear a body concealing suit, so that you can yeah, never tell like, that it's me. Uh, huh, like it just has this look, like yeah, no, I'm not doing any of that. <laughs> so, pulling back into the 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 joy and the warm feeling I have, looking forward to seeing Deadpool tomorrow. Sure. In a couple of weeks, we will do our spoilery review yeah. of it, and hopefully, it will be all sunshine and kittens. And I think, uh, yeah, there's there's nothing right now to leave me. I'm still going in with, like, let's just have fun. So I'm not, like, super hyped up for it. Yeah. But uh, I definitely am pleased that it's not like, oh, my God, they completely ruined the character. Or I think we would, have, know, we would have picked up on it by then. Yeah, the jokes all fall flat or whatever. I mean, I'm it really seems actually like, kind of happy that I have no concept of who the big bad is and what, what, the, yeah. what the basis of the conflict is. I yep. know they've, they've very carefully only shown us stuff featuring Deadpool mouthing off. And it right. doesn't really say much about... I mean, they, they do the origin gloss over of, hey, you have cancer. Hey, we'll remake you as a, as a superhero. Right. Hey, you look like an avocado that had sex with an older avocado. And right. go. Go to it, yeah. Murder. Um, exactly. So, yeah. Um, so moving on to other things that have me concerned. <laughs> culture. Uh, the final Batman v Superman trailer has been released. And if they had released this trailer first, I would have been on board the hype train because this had all the goodness in it that I was hoping for from Batman v Superman. They had very little, they had, they had just the good bits of the Lex Luthor. Right. And a little bit of Wonder Woman in there to say, hey, she's going to be featuring this too. They had, and, and keep in mind, I'm coming fresh off of on HBO now rewatching Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2. Sure. Um, which is ostensibly the source material for large chunks of this. Yeah. Um, no sign of the cave troll, also known as, um, I won't say, I have Deadpool on the brain here, and I'm, uh, 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 who killed Superman? Um, the death, dead, uh, uh, doomsday. Oh, yeah, I'm excited to say you Freaking keep talking. D, 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 D. <laughs> uh, doomsday. Yes, doomsday. No sign of doomsday. I think they learned their lesson from how not well received he was in the last trailer. Yeah. Um, so, best, definitely the best trailer yet that they put out. Um, and if I hadn't seen the other two, I'd be really, really excited to see this movie. Unfortunately, yeah. the other two. <laughs> so. I don't know. I mean, and I've read some of the articles that you know we posted in the sheet, and I think you know what what I've said since day one of hearing this. Everybody that's seen it, even though there's been apparently a lot of concern over some of the the pre screenings that they've done, the thing that's come out is that everybody thinks Ben Affleck nails it as Batman. Um, but more surprisingly, is the people said that they liked uh, Jesse Eisenberg as yeah. Luther, which, like I said, in the preview so far, I have not picked up on that one. No. <laughs> at they, all. Because in the previous trailers, they really only showed us the maniacal, over-the-top, very non-Luther side. Right. And again, I said previously, I really hope that's his public face, 
and that he flips a switch when he's in private and he becomes the cold calculating genius. Right. Um, And that, for me, if he can pull that off, then I'll be completely on board with his rendition of Luthor. Yeah, exactly. Um, But I haven't seen that yet, so I'm really trepidatious about it. Um, Yeah, I mean, I... This one is interesting. I'm definitely going to see it. Obviously, I think you know a lot of people. It's they still going to do my money. well, but the question is, will it do well enough to launch them into Justice League, or is it going to be Warner Brothers having to take a step back and kind of refigure out what their their plan is to get to that ultimate team up movie? Uh, and and will they be merely satisfied with completely dominating the television space? Yeah, exactly. We'll they see. definitely have that on pretty well lockdown at the moment. Because they have their first team-up show that they went right into, Legends of Tomorrow, is a, yeah. a, is a, is a thing. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get to it. We'll get to, um, you're, I think we're on the same page. Yeah. but we'll That one, there. yeah. We'll, we'll, have we'll to, get there. We'll spend a little time on that. Yeah, we're gonna have, <laughs> unfortunately, we're going to have to. Okay. Um, however, from uh, outerplaces.com, uh, they have a report, which makes my skin crawl a bit, on the whole Batman v Superman thing, saying, Report, Warner Brothers, quote, is worried, end quote, about Batman v Superman. So, and this is from Drew McWeenie, um, also you know, well-known from uh, Ain't It Cool News, and is a reasonably reliable source of, in, you know, of insider information over the years. Uh, he claims to have spoken to several sources with, with access to the finished film. Warner is a little bit worried. This movie is starting to scare them. They're showing it to people now. People are actually laying eyes on the film, and the response <laughs> has not been exactly what they want. Right. I would be surprised if Justice League starts shooting when they say it's going to. I'd be equally surprised if Zack Snyder directed it. Yeah. So... It's perhaps not the juggernaut Avengers killer that they were hoping it would be, which doesn't surprise me in the least. No, it doesn't. And I think one of the other big problems they're suffering from, I mean, I think it's an interesting thing to come out with the conflict first, where obviously that's now where Marvel's going towards with Civil War. But the the thing is, is you have in Civil War very... opposed personalities like right. very different from each other the problem is is man of steel superman got a little dark <laughs> especially at the end when he uh snaps zod's neck and so to already have a guy who's kind of in brooding mode fight against the ultimate brooder <laughs> i am it, so of of two minds about this mm-hmm. because Unlike many ravenous fanboys, I really loved Man of Steel. Yes, I wasn't there. I liked the new take. I hated Jonathan Kent. Don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah, yeah. Freaking hated him. He destroyed his Worst father figure ever, ever. Just made all the wrong moves. Arguably, that could have been very much on purpose, saying, hey, look how badly a, a simple human would screw this up. They would approach it from a place of fear. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I get where they were going, but I, I, as a whole, really liked it for it got a lot closer to how would this play out if super-powered aliens actually showed up on Earth? And it hit all those notes of, yeah, they would lay waste and 
humanity would absolutely not trust them and live in fear of them. And this seems to be very much a continuation of that. And I, sh- I should totally be on board for this. And, and yet I am not. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think for me, it's, it's the problem is number one, I've never been much of a Superman fan and, but I did respect his ideology. Like I respected his take on the world and how he sees things and how he tries to go about things. And the Superman and man of steel was not quite that. And the Superman that we've seen so far in the previews also is not quite that. So it's hard for me to even get even it's lowering my already lower uh feelings towards him my hope is this movie will about will be about him becoming and maybe it will be it could be but i guess and but my problem is then what what's the point of batman then because batman no no i'm I'm talking about him becoming the boy scout okay i'm talking about that, that this movie will be the story of through his confrontations with batman owning the fact yeah, I screwed up. Yeah, I did maybe. the best I could do, and what all of you are not realizing is I am not a god. Yeah, I I am not infallible, and I'm hoping they end this with. But I will always strive to be the best that I can be. Yeah, for all of you, it and, could be, and that's I, that. That to me is a more interesting story than a guy who arrives fully formed as. I am the ultimate embodiment of good, already fully formed. I sprang forth from my father's loins, completely Boy Scout. I am Eagle Scout of the gods. Follow me. I will take you to the future. Well, and I don't, yeah, obviously in the comics he's more enhanced on the Eagle Scout route, but his whole purpose of his character is he's from Smallville. He's from the small farming community. He has Midwestern values basically instilled in him. Right. And, you know, I think that and then, and then he's bringing that, but he's he has those values with the power of a God and what where that can go. So I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's interesting. At the end of the article, though, they mentioned that uh, uh, Ben Affleck's already finalized the deal to direct and star in uh, 2018 movie, The Batman. <laughs> and apparently they were uh, happy uh, enough with his performance that they're planning uh, Warner Brothers is planning an entire slate of films around him, including a trilogy of standalone films. That's awesome and all. Yeah, but I want more. I don't want more Batman. Oh, uh, you can never have too much Batman. True, true. <laughs> I, I, I want more DC Universe. Yeah, they, I mean, I I'm, hope I'm, they... I'm, I'm, I'm overjoyed that Affleck is inhabiting the part and is and the, they literally went back and shot more Batman scenes because they loved it so much. Right. Um, I hope it can save the film. Yeah. And But just give me more than just more of the same. Yes, we've had... So you know, we've had Batman 89 and we've had the Nolan films and we've had you know numerous really great animated outings and television yeah. series and all the way from the super campy to the super awesome and you know hell we need, we need to get Adam West in here to do a bit a bit part in one of these just just cuz uh, well, yeah, I don't. I mean, I think they're the problem is is that Batman's the one they've kind of nailed in terms of modernize, modernizing them and bringing them into you know the cinematic universe. Yeah. Everybody else they struggle with, and you know, as, shouldn't be this hard. It shouldn't be, but DC unfortunately is more campy. Yeah, and I they mean, and they have the, the annoying habit of making all of their superheroes godlike levels of power. 
sure. Well, they have, you know, there's there's the big three of Superman, Green Lantern, and uh, uh, Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman. Yeah. Those you know, are the, the, kind of... The avatar of a god, and, and yeah. a godlike alien, and a guy who can create anything that he can will into existence. Yeah. <laughs> Unless it's yellow. <laughs> anyway, uh, his great weakness is yellow. Yeah. One guy's weakness is a green rock. Right. Another guy's weakness is anything yellow. Yellow. And Diana just gets pissed off once a month. Anyway, moving on. Right. Um We'll we'll see, but for now, I'm just going to bask in the glory and awesomeness that I'm hoping, and all indications are that Deadpool is, and they will get they will likely get my money multiple times. Yeah, I am excited to go see Deadpool. I'm excited for Civil War, and I will go do my civic duty and see Batman vs Superman. <laughs> <laughs> civic duty. <laughs> it's weird that that is actually that that rings true to me. Yep. <laughs> Here you go, DC yeah. and Warner. Keep trying. Here's your, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, sub, we'll we'll fund you. It's kind of the feeling I had. Like uh, Ant Man, I even was a little bit more kind of like, okay, this could be really fun. But like, it's, it's kind of like watching the first couple seasons of Agents of Shield, <laughs> where it was like. I guess I gotta watch this. <laughs> I went back actually within the last couple of days and rewatched Ant Man yeah. on streaming. It it holds up surprisingly well. No, um, it's it's a good movie. Yeah, I, I, I actually I think I enjoyed it more yeah. uh, on rewatching than I did, and maybe just because I was milking it for all the Easter eggs. Um, and Paul Rudd has been growing on me. Sure. Um, that I'm really looking forward to the Wasp 2.0 in the future movies. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, they can do some some interesting stuff. Yeah, with the actress that. is very strong. Yeah, uh, and Michael Douglas, I just I was just eating him up as as Hank. Yeah, uh, I'm curious if he's going to, uh, you know, have a bigger presence, or, or be, if they're really just going to turn say, it all the over suit to and Scott. Off you go and yeah, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. So Grail, yes, Boshek, yep. <laughs> like I had to click on the article. And go, oh yeah, that guy. Oh yeah, that thing. <laughs> so I picked this one to put in the spreadsheet because I delighted in this is the kind of thing that nerds and geeks will do: chase down something essentially irrelevant mm-hmm. outside of the framework of something we love. So the Star Wars universe has been put under a microscope six ways from Sunday, where I say to you, Bosk, and does that mean anything to you? Bosk? Bosk. Sure. Yeah. So you, you know Bosk was yeah, the, lizard, the, the lizard guy yeah. who had yeah. no had lines, who basically turned his head four degrees and the camera cut away from him. Right. Had literally... Three or four seconds on film in The Empire Strikes Back, and you know his name. Oh, yeah. So. There was Bosk. There was, what was TI 88? IG 80. IG 88. Sorry. Don't get that right. I will, I will cut you. And the um, dude in the turban thing? Forget his name. Yeah, he was very much in the background. I do not remember yeah. his name. Um, his and of course, theory. Boba Goddamn Fett. Well, yeah, obviously. Shout out to Boba Fettish in the IRC. Yeah. Uh, because. Boba fetish. Um, so this is an article from Polygon.com. 
titled The Longest Strangest Star Wars Mystery Seemingly Comes to a Close. And what jumped out at me about this one is I totally remember this dude from the yeah. scene. He's another one. Four seconds on screen. And he's not even a an alien character. He's just a human dude in a spacesuit, basically, that they took out of central you know, costuming. Right. And helped him fill the background. And he was basically dude what directed Obi-Wan to Han and Chewie for their charter. And over the years, he eventually got his action figure and was named as Boshek because that they just make crap up because every single character needs an action figure because there's a buck to be made. Heck yeah. Um, but what this fan did was realize that this character was uncredited. He appeared nowhere in the credits. There was no concept of who the actor was or who the guy's name was. The only lead was the action figure. And he went to all, expended all the energy and time to, to contact people, track down, and figure out who played Boshek. Just because. Because that's yeah. what we do. Because why the hell not? <laughs> and I just, this, this to me embodies when you nerd out on a particular thing, the depths to which you will go to complete your knowledge of a topic or a subject. And I, I just say, cheers to you, random researching nerd. Yeah. We need more like you in the world. Um, this, the guy's name was, uh, was uh, Jensen was his first name. Francis Alfred Basil Tomlin was the actor. Right. Such a good actor, he needed four names. That's why I didn't credit him, because there wasn't room on the film. Yeah. Um, the guy who tracked him down, Jensen, what's the first name? Bill Jensen. Yep. Investigative journalist, who is in his RL job, and turned his skills towards his fandom and made it his quest to find out who played the smuggler, Boshek. So, Bill, hats off to you. Cheers. Keep doing what you're doing. We need more just like you. And no doubt. Hando in the RC, yes. Boba fetish. Just saying. Um, so from the land of science fiction into something that you'd think was science fiction. This has probably happened before in the history of humanity, but this is our first potentially documented case of this particular event occurring. So, man in India going about his business and without warning, suddenly from the sky, he is obliterated by a meteorite. The first human fatality recorded from a rock falling from space, singling you out and ruining your day. Uh, yeah. If you're gonna go... <laughs> I guess there are worse ways than this, but how unlucky of a son of a bitch does this have to be? Yeah, I don't know. It's one of those things like, 
I'm not saying that there's a thing like fate and destiny, but <laughs> somebody was leaning on the smite button. As well. It might have been that time for that guy to go, apparently. <laughs> and the universe went to great lengths to make it happen. Yeah, that's that takes work. Well, this is where you know you, you you talk about the concept of probabilities and you know vanishingly small probabilities, but not impossibilities. This is on that bell curve of technically not impossible. And the, the, to the entire thing that the Sherlock Holmes empire is built upon, which is you eliminate the probable and whatever is left, however improbable, must be true. Yeah. And indica early indications are, yeah, a freaking rock fell from the skies and took him out. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Sorry, dude. Um, let's see, what was the guy's name? I see a bus driver was killed on Saturday when a meteorite landed in the area where he was walking, damaging the window panes of nearby buses and buildings. Oh, darn it, damaged the windows. That man is dead. Yeah. <laughs> Three other people were injured, so it, I don't think it was so much a, you know, a just hitting him. It was, it was an actual impact. Yeah. With enough kinetic energy to throw debris, create a crater, and right. he was just at the epicenter. Well, yeah, it doesn't mention the guy's name, but it does uh, talk about, you know, in 2013 when there was that blast in Russia right. that bro broke a lot of windows, injured people, but no fatalities. So right, that one, was, that one was huge. This one yeah. was small, but accurate. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Shotgun versus sniper. I think, I think the heavens are refining their technique is what I'm saying. It was like the laser from Real Genius. Right. Just picked him out of the crowd and boom. <laughs> you're done. Popcorn. Popcorn. But I digress. Yeah, that's, so there's our weird news uh, segment of our show. Um, so just eat, drink, and make merry for tomorrow we die. Right. And it could be a freaking rock that falls from space and hits you on the head. I'm just saying. In the... Really, really category of our show, Universal Pictures, rebooting Battlestar Galactica again. They have chosen their producer, Michael DeLuca, and apparently they are basing their product on the original 1978 series rather than any kind of extension of the Ronald Moore uh, reboot. So it's a separate reboot, yeah. also drawing from the source material, I mean, when I'm rebooting, I would go with the less popular one. That's of course, cool. of course. <laughs> but I just my my brain just screams, it screams too soon. Yeah, and it screams why, 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 why? Yeah, why and, is it is a great great question. What are you going to put into a movie that isn't better suited for a TV show or you know some other format? Yeah, or, or just, just why are you visiting this well again? Why why go to this spring? Because well, I mean, I I would not be as you know saddened if they said you know we're we're going to pick back up the television series and where it left off because it left off badly. Remember Galactic nineteen eighty? I remember Galactic nineteen eighty. 
Well, no, I'm talking about the the reboot of Rick Galactic oh, okay. series, which also I felt left off badly, but nonetheless. Not the same as, not to the level of Galactic 1980. Not to the level of, of 1980, no. So, I don't know. I guess I think this is just a reaction of, wow, people like Star Wars again, so space is in, so what franchise can we throw out there? Well, take the one that originally ripped off the X-Wing and run with it. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they, ooh, they, they did wholesale just... Straight up ripped off crap from Star Wars. So, oh yeah, and it was okay. I was like, I was, I was, I ate it up. Bring it, bring it, bring it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah. not a uh, not a good look. But I saw an interesting chart the other day of the available viewing hours of entertainment over the last fifteen years, Uh and we are reaching peak entertainment, peak television. There is so much being created compared to what used to be created that the audiences, by definition, have to get smaller. Oh, yeah. Because we are being served more and more specific slices of what we want. Right. So in this land of this wealth of creation, why revisit something old that's not that old why not create something original? It's the perfect time for it. Well, I think it's it's the fact that the studios still look at it and go, we can create something original, which it's a, could, it's a crap get, shoot. could be good, but it could be really bad and get us nothing. Or we can redo something that has like a, the, the ceiling or the, the, the floor is, is higher on that. They know like, even if it sucks, they're still going to get a certain amount because people have nostalgia or whatever are going to go see it and they'll get money that way. Whereas if they created something like wholesale new, like, uh, but God, what was that terrible movie with Mila, uh, Jovovich? Yeah, no, not Mila Jovovich. Um, Mila girl. Oh, Jupiter ascending, Jupiter ascending. <laughs> that is like, you know, a cautionary tales for studios trying to break off into or, a sci-fi world. doesn't mean it's going to be good. Right, exactly. I mean, but, sometimes you get Fifth Element, sometimes you get Jupiter Ascending. Fifth <laughs> Element was, was a crapshoot because it was a freaking weird-ass French comic book. That's um, what I mean. It's, it, it, it should it, not have worked. It, it should have worked. should so, not have worked, and yet it was awesome. So, but, exactly. So I think that's see, why this is happening. But you say something wholly original, and that's where I, I, I take exception. Because there's so many established popular uh, mythoses, mythi, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So as an example, from our friends at the Seafy Channel, yeah, who I deride and loathe and, and can't mock enough since they changed the Sci-Fi Channel to the Seafy Channel and started putting professional wrestling on Friday nights. Because that's so sci-fi. Well, it's fantasy. It is. <laughs> but basically, they unzipped their flies and pissed all over their audience and said, we know what you want more than you do, and we all left in droves because they started creating crap. Keep in mind, this is the same network that brought us the Battlestar Galactica reboot. I know. And yeah. then something went horribly wrong. Yeah. Fast forward. They look around and say, hmm, we seem to have screwed that up. Let's go and find some really popular franchises in books. Right. From that, we get The Expanse. Have you had a chance to watch any of The Expanse? No. It is freaking awesome. Really? Okay. It is everything 
sci-fi used to do when it was at its best and a more refined and better version of it. Cool. They tapped a really popular, really good series of books that I have not read, but I have since come to know that is very well regarded, has sold many, many copies, and is a beloved uh, universe. Mm -hmm. They adapted it seriously. They cast it well. They got a great screenwriter, a great, great writer's room writing it. It is Blade Runner meets... Oh, God, what was that? Um, Sean Connery's space film. Oh. Um, he's, a, he's a detective. Yeah, I know exactly um, which one you're talking about. I can't he was on the IO. They were mining silver. Right. Um, one, two, you know the one I'm thinking of. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're A little bit about. of that. Um, okay. A lot of the sensibilities of Alien as far as ship design and universe building. Okay. Um, great three-pole conflict of Old Earth, the Mars military regime, and the Belters, mm. the, the much-oppressed uh, working class right. who are providing the raw materials for these two warring factions are on the, on the brink of war. Oh, okay. With a little salting at the, in the very first episode of possible alien weirdness going on, and then they don't talk about it for episodes. Huh. Cool. And the next several episodes are all about here's let me just sh- let us just show you what's going on in this universe. And Good. so that I think is how you do it. You don't have to tap a known property, you just need to tap a good property. Meaning Sure. You, actually Expanse was known. It was just not known as a television or movie franchise. Right, right. Here I see these guys going back to okay, this is this has already been a movie. And if you don't remember, Battlestar Galactica was shown in cinemas. Oh, yeah. No, I know. I but I, I mean again, I I, I get it. I uh, agree with you. But I, I, I understand I think, the safe bet. Yeah, it's the safe bet. It's even that is still a risk that Seafy took compared to what Universal had ownership of already and could say, you know, we'll reboot this. And we, we expect to make X amount of money at the worst off of it. Whereas anything that's unknown, the folks that aren't making this because they love it, but they're making it because they want to make money, are going to always push hard for those type of easy wins. Well, speaking of making money off of <laughs> existing franchises... Yeah. Uh, Hanna-Barbera. Mm-hmm. Remember Hanna-Barbera? who folded and their assets were purchased by other entities, which brought us awesome things like Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law. Yeah. And Space Ghost Coast to Coast. Yep. Here's the darker side of that. <laughs> so, Hanna-Barbera holdings include things like Scooby-Doo, Where Are You? Right. And having children, I've seen a couple seasons of a not all that long ago animated reboot of Scooby-Doo Mystery Incorporated, which was this wonderful, self-aware parody of itself version of Scooby-Doo, where Fred is this trap-obsessed guy who all wants to learn about how trapping ghosts and, and solving mysteries and, was, and is yeah. the obsessive, like almost the Venture Brothers version of right. Fred. Right. And they did a decent riff on... 
uh, Velma and Shaggy romantically brushing by each other and yeah. Scooby-Doo being the third wheel. And and as a bonus, they had Louis Black in there doing some voice acting, which was just freaking awesome. Um, and it was funny to the kids because it was just Scooby-Doo being Scooby-Doo. It was great to the parents because we saw them making fun of the, the Scooby-Doo's that we grew up on. Yeah. And worked on so many levels and loved it. Now they're looking at... Uh, I don't know how to how to take this. There's so little information on it. And there's basically an image and a title. Um, and there's two different major ones in this article that they talk about. And three of them, actually. The third one, I, 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 I've never done enough acid in my life to really understand what the hell they're doing on the third one. Um, <laughs> but... They have an image here of Scooby Apocalypse. Not Scooby-Doo, just Scooby Apocalypse. Right. And in the image, we have an apparently post-apocalyptic mystery machine gang. So we got Fred there with some kind of advanced particle weapon, along with Daphne sporting one of her own. Fred's sporting tribal tattoos. Yeah, but he still's got his. Uh, he's had his, still has his freaking neckerchief. It's his Ashcroft. His cravat. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Because whatever. But you notice that that Daphne is now sporting her own green cravat, so they're yeah. matching each other. Um, but they're all badass. He's all muscled out. She's all uh, anime hair over one eye going on with the uh, whatever the hell bazooka she's carrying there. We have indescribable Shaggy. Um, Shaggy's a wizard. He's <laughs> God, yes. He's a freaking sorcerer. Yep. He has a handlebar mustache and what at first glance you think is like a mountain man beard. And then you mm. look closer and you realize it's a mountain man chin. Yeah, he's just got a gigantic chin <laughs> with some hair on it. <laughs> so wrong. And he's got his own uh, ink going on. He's got a full sleeve on the one arm we can see. And then we yeah. cut lower in the picture to <laughs> nine-year-old Velma. Apparently. Um, wearing her Catwoman goggles. Yeah. And holding what looks like a Wii U gamepad. Right. And there's a drone that she's apparently a, a flying in front. Uh, so she, I'm assuming she's super science whiz kid updated for the 21st century. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we got Gooby freaking do, who apparently was assimilated by the Borg. <laughs> exactly. Because he's got freaking cybernetic implants hanging off him. Yeah. He has a monocle over one eye and some kind of necklace going on. I don't know if it's supposed to be mystical or what. Yeah, it's hard uh, to tell. Like his, He almost looks like he has like virtual reality eyebrows, yeah, too. Yeah. Very strange. I'm... I'm Assuming that's the the necklace is his is is there they're giving him a reason why he can communicate with humans, maybe he's a cyber enhanced dog who who talks through the technology, right? Because um, he looks more dog ish than Scooby. I mean, he he looks more like a Great Dane than I've ever right. seen Scooby rendered before. Yeah, yeah. Um, and this is all a little too real. And of course, there's the the menacing monster ghost thing above their heads. And I just a couple of the whiskey tango foxtrot is going on here. Well, I, I'll tell you, I was scrolling down and I was like, where's the picture? And I looked at the picture and I went, 
That looks like just like something Jim Lee would do. Oh, look, Jim Lee. Scroll down farther, and it's like, (laughs) these are character designs by Jim Lee. It's like, oh, there you go. That makes sense then. (laughs) Because, I mean, that is straight out of an image comic from uh, back in the, uh, you know, late late 90s. So so, I I apologize in advance, but I'm going to read the description to you guys. Featuring character designs by veteran artist Jim Lee and an origin story by Jim Lee and Keith Giffen, artist Howard Porter will provide his own unique take on Freddy, Velma, Daphne, Shaggy, and Scooby-Doo, those meddling kids. And their mystery machine are at the center of a well-meaning experiment gone wrong. And they'll need to bring all their mystery-solving skills to bear, along with plenty of Scooby snacks. To find a cure... For a world full of mutated creatures infected by a nanite virus that enhances their fears, terrors, and baser instincts. This time the horrors are real in this apocalyptic near future badland. <laughs> what <laughs> the hell did I just read? <laughs> it's The Walking Dead meets 28 Days Later and Borg Nanites. Yeah. But hey, I mean... And I'm, I, and I'm willing to bet I'm having such a negative reaction to this. It's probably going to be awesome because yeah, I'm that wrong most of the time. Yeah, this one, you know, maybe it'll be cool. Who knows? I, I mean, at least they're, you know, I'll give them credit. They're trying something radically different <laughs> with this. Certainly uh, is different. With these folks. Have so, you we'll um, seen Afterlife with Archie? No. It was a completely serious Archie Universe Riverdale comic with zombies. Oh. Where the zombie apocalypse happened in Riverdale. Wow. It was awesome. I'm sure. And I'm assuming that is what inspired this. Because it Maybe. looks like a very much a direct through line of what if we did the same treatment to the Scooby gang? Right. Um, yeah. We'll see. I'm definitely, definitely getting old. Can confirm proof in the pudding right here. Yeah. So to quickly talk about the other Hanna-Barbera properties, actually, I'm a little more interested. They are kludging a bunch of them together into one, and they're calling it Future Quest. This one includes the following in its universe. Johnny Quest, Space Ghost, The Herculoids, Frankenstein Jr., The Impossibles, Birdman, The Galaxy Trio, and Mitor. Just a few. And The Kitchen Sink. Um, I never expected them to come back and revisit Birdman after Harvey Birdman for Attorney at Law. Yeah. And there they are. (laughs) And The Herculoids, and there's freaking schmooze in this picture. (laughs) Just... We'll see. <laughs> but they're putting them all together in one universe. Uh, join you know, the new adventure of the most iconic teenager, Johnny Quest, along with his sidekick, Haji. Racism alert. Racism alert. The series combines Team Quest, Haji, Race Bannon, Dr. Benton Quest, and Jezebel Jade with some of the most well-known action-adventure heroes ever created by Hannah Maria, including Space Ghost, the Hercules Birdman, Mitor, and Frankenstein Jr., among others. Okay. Gonna have to see it. (laughs) And then the other ones they're looking at rebooting a creepily human looking 
group of the Flintstones? Yeah, that's uh it's supposed to be funny. <laughs> that uh, that picture does not look funny at all. <laughs> no. Uncanny Valley. Uncanny Valley. Yeah, I don't know. That looks like, you know. It looks like they're trying to sex up Betty and Wilma and it's, uh, no, 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 no. I don't know. It looks like, you know, and in the background is Walter White and, you know, they're cooking meth or something. Because, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's uh, no, no, I decline. And Wacky Raceland, I'm not even going to. No, I'm, I refuse to talk about it. I refuse. I don't even know what that I, is. So, yeah. Don't, don't cool. you mean, don't you remember Wacky Racers? They would always have these little, little 10 minute races of these ridiculous cars racing with each other. Oh, yeah, yeah. With the dog or whatever driving and all that <laughs> crap. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that guy. Yeah. Um, and there was an awesome, I saw a, a live action commercial with all of those characters out of uh, like Chile or South America. Uh-huh. It was awesome. It was incredible because that's cool. They were picture perfect live recreations of all these unbelievable characters. Nice. Um, so you do, a search, do a search on YouTube for um, Wacky Racers live action. You'll find this commercial. And it's, yeah. It's completely awesome. Huh. This? How do you make a whole... I mean, those were great little in-between cartoon vignettes where they would just do their little um, race. Yeah. The thing is, you read the description with vehicle designs by Mark Sexton, credited with Mad Max Fury Road. What? I know. Wacky Racers meets Mad freaking Max, and you look at the picture, like uh, they're they're going full Mad Max. Right. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I got to move on to the next topic because my brain is yep. hurting. <sighs> Our friends over at FX Studios out of Georgia. Bing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as has been their uh, want and warm, warming up for a new season, the creators of Archer like to make a trailer. Um, they have done Archer Vice. Yes. An homage to Miami Vice. This year we get Archer PI, which is, and there are some great comparisons available on the internet for, it's a shot for shot recreation of the Magnum PI opening credits sequence right. using the Archer characters. And it's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's so perfectly Archer. Yep. It's. It's, you know, one of my most favorite shows ever. Oh, I blame you. I, I blame you every time I sit down and rewatch that freaking show. Oh, my um, God. Are we still doing phrasing? Uh, anyone? Yeah. No? Okay. Yeah. See, so. uh, Carol Tunt? No? Nobody? Uh-uh. Hmm. It's but, Cheryl. Um, but, yes, just, just as a fun thing to watch, and just as to get your hype going for the upcoming new season of Archer. Oh, yeah. Archer P.I. Always, always worthwhile. Uh, but they did a good job with the Archer Vice uh, kind of through storyline, or oh yeah, I, I guess uh, lens color coloring of the entire show for that season. So I'm sure this one will take place in many of uh, like Magnum PI style Hawaii Five O. I'm sure. Now the the season in between after I've not seen the season I've not seen all the season after oh, okay. Rice. What yeah. what theme was there or, or was there no theme to the interview? There really wasn't a theme so much on that one. That one was more they get 
it, of course, uh, their their spy agency gets absorbed, and they end up working for the CIA. Okay, and and so basically, Christian Slater's character is oh, he, he, all, he continues. Yeah, he continues. Awesome. Uh, Slater, yeah, Slater. Yeah, I love the fact they just called him Slater. Yeah, Mister Slater. It's not Mister Slater, just Slater. <laughs> but so he he's the he's kind of the the setup man for most of the episodes. It's like, okay, here's your mission. Go do this, and try not to screw it up. And, nice. Obviously, they screw it up. Of course, it's Archer. But there's a couple. There's a great episode where Archer meets Lana's parents. That was one of the funniest damn (laughs) episodes I've seen. Ah, Uh, Growly Bear has provided for us from the IRC. The movie we were looking for was Outland. Outland, yeah. Yes. And so you put that Outland, Alien, Blade Runner into a shaker. Okay. Shake vigorously. Update effects to 21st century norms. And you have the expanse. Okay, cool. I'll check Thank it out. I'll, I'll try to check it out some some method. <laughs> uh, okay, we're moving on towards. So, um, you're not completely caught up on Flash. You said I haven't even watched an episode yet from the season. <laughs> um, it, is, so. it is continuing in all the fun, over the yeah. top. Actually, I comic should say, glory. other than the the one crossover episode with Arrow, that's yeah, you, the, you couldn't help but the, yeah. the the big setup for Legends of Tomorrow and the setup for Legends of Tomorrow. Right. Yeah, um, interesting development that the fans have all can been kind of cheering for. Mm-hmm. We have this weird thing where we have Berlanti Productions with their fingers in all of these different properties spread across different networks. So we have them doing Arrow. They've got them doing Flash, now Legends of Tomorrow. And they're also behind the CBS production, Supergirl. Right. Now, there is weird relationships between CBS and CW because, hey, the C in CW is, in fact, CBS. Right. Um, The W being Warner Brothers. But still weird rights issues and, and things preventing. We had... NBC had to freaking cancel Constantine before he could show up on the CW for one last uh, go in Arch in Arrow Town. Oh, Arch- you, you cut out there, my friend. Oh, um, am I back now? Uh, Someone. <laughs> Check test one two. Skype, are you playing fast and merry? Oh, I had just had an alert from Skype pop up. Look at that. Uh-huh. Oh, we were having bandwidth issues. Now we are not. Can you hear me now? Check test one two. Who is your daddy and what does he do? Hello, hello. Yeah, okay. I hear you. You're a little um, tinny, but that's okay. The recording device can hear me just when you're coming through loud and clear. So for the podcast okay. listener, absolutely nothing is going on and you're smoking crack. Right. Um, so we have the weird situation where we have the when we had you know Constantine over on NBC, which they mm-hmm. promptly wrote into the ground and, and then let him appear on Arrow. Yeah. Um, they've worked out the details and Flash, the current Flash, from the series Flash will be appearing in an episode of Supergirl over on CBS. Yeah. And in fact, they've secretly already shot the episode a while back and are just letting us know about it now. Um, and I like this. I'm, I'm, I'm very happy to see DC working out the kinks and, and making, and they've, and they've built themselves a safety net in the Flash universe of saying, we are embracing the DC multiverse. Yeah. So that gives them the freedom to say, each of these shows is a different dimension in the multiverse. Over right. here, we have Earth 616. Over here, we have Earth 2. 
and that is the the mechanism they're they're using to say, hey, Barry, who happens to be living on the show that has all the breaches between universe, convenient, wink, mm-hmm. will be turning up on an episode of Supergirl. Interestingly, in a break from all their other previous crossovers where it's pretty much been a one-for-one. One. Right. Um, I mean, Barry Allen appeared in Arrow before there was a Flash show, so there was no way for them to reciprocate. But since there's been a Flash show, it's always been a two-night of, or a two-episode event. Sure. Where we'd have an episode Flash on the Arrow and Arrow on the Flash. This is going to be a one-way only. Flash is going to be on Supergirl, end of story. Yeah. Which I think is because... Supergirl needs the boost from the number one CW show. Yeah, it seems more like it. Have Flash. you watched Supergirl yet? I have not. Yeah, neither and have that I. that probably speaks volumes as to what they're trying to achieve. Exactly. The problem I have is CBS has made it monumentally difficult for a cord cutter to watch their content. Right. So I pay my Hulu subscription and I get Flash and Arrow. Ta-da! You have a viewer. I have to subscribe to CBS's additional costs almost as much as Hulu for one show that I want product to get access to Supergirl. Sorry, not happening. Yeah. Yep. CBS has these delusions of we can make you pay a full-size subscription fee. Same expenses which you pay for Hulu, which gets you content from multiple sources and networks up to and including movies. And we think our little bitty one network is worth that same amount of money. Sorry, guys. Welcome to the new entertainment economy. Right. If you came to me and say, give me $2.99 a month for CBS, you would get $2.99 a month for me. Because that's what your content is worth to me. In this, as we referenced earlier, this wealth of available entertainment. And similarly, their, you know, their new Star Trek television series is not going to be on the television. You're going to have to subscribe to CBS's online offering to get the new Star Trek series. Wow. They're going to premiere the first episode on television, and then they say from here on forward, it's all internet delivery only, and they, and they think that they're going to get us to subscribe to their service. Again, that's priced at the same tier as Netflix and Hulu for way less content because they have Star Trek. And what they're going to discover instead is the creativity and efficiency of BitTorrent. Because they're going to drive their audience to pirate their content because they're Mm. living in the past. Yeah, yeah. And I haven't, and in this case, they simply haven't, they've lost viewership because I can't easily access their content. And I'm not willing to pirate it. And so I, I just don't, I don't want Supergirl. And from all indications are, I would love it. Because apparently it's a, it's a much more optimistic, upbeat, fun-loving show from all the articles I've read. Yeah, you love that crap. Yeah, I do. I eat it up. <laughs> um, that's why you like Flash so That's much. why I like Flash. Yeah. Well, come on. Let's, let's be honest here. Arrow is just Batman. Because that's all that DC knew how to do at that time. So, well, let's just do another Batman. And well, look at the, they look went, at the first two said, seasons. Let's do Batman, but even go even darker with it. Yes, initially, and they and that's exactly what they did. They said, "Here's Batman with a green hat, right, and a bow and arrow, and we're going to go deep." And that's the first two seasons of Arrow in a nutshell. Yeah, they've since come to their senses and said, "No, there's actually a unique and different story to tell here," and they, it's only gotten better since they made that realization. 
but their initial volley was Batman, 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 Batman. So it was refreshing to hear that Supergirl, nope, it's, you know, it's in the Man of Steel universe, clearly. And apparently you, you get glimpses of Kal-El's back every once in a while because they don't want to pay you know, um, Henry to come in. Sure. But I just, I just wish they would make it easier for me to buy their content. Yeah. Price it reasonably or put it on a service that I already have and just please, join us in the 21st century, damn it. Well, I mean, it's, you can buy the season on Amazon. I did not realize that. Yeah. Okay. So I, that I will investigate. Not, I mean, that's usually, if I really like a show enough, I'll buy it on Amazon, just buy the season. Yeah, so, see, I, I looked through iTunes and didn't see it there yeah, and gave up. So, but that one, I have not had a desire yet to... To shell out money for so it. it if goes I had a little the, more time, I probably would have gone for it by now. I shall wait for Netflix and so. binge that baby. Yeah, so uh, I've come across a way to to watch Flash, so I'll I'll catch up on it. But it's another one like I was really struggling with buying Flash this season because mm-hmm. I was not as enamored with it. I thought you know it was a very uneven show. Oh, absolutely. Overall, it has um, it has it, it is more consistent this season. Okay, well, it, we'll see. It is still now I can watch it. But the they've gone all in, and I and I, I know initially this season the introduction of the new villain Zoom, and, and they're just calling him Zoom. But my brain knows that's Professor Zoom, and <laughs> I, my 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 brain prepends the professor every time they say his name. Okay. He is a truly, in this universe, I'm, I'm suffering from my comic book baggage. Someone who just watches the show probably loves Zoom as a villain. Yeah. He's truly menacing. The completely black suit design with the melted together lip looking mask. So remember in The Matrix when Neo's lips started melting together in his... Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, they've got that, where basically it's, it's the, 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 the rubbery maw where he talks through it, and it's basically uh, just, and they've got, I think it's the actor who played Candyman. Oh, yeah, yeah. Very distinctive voice. John um, something. Doing the voice for him, and doing his, you know, I'm going to go uh, chug a, uh, a bowl full of shards of glass, and then I'm going to come do my voice acting. Right. <laughs> now I have to take a drink, because I just hurt myself. <laughs> so, um, very menacing bad guy. They've done the multiverse thing. Um, I think I think you'll be happy with the changes they made. And yet, it's still the Flash. It's still the Flash. The that that yeah. It's it. It'll take a lot of changes to get me super duper invested. Um, you know, and and obviously, as good as DC's doing, it also suffers that it's it's hard to come off of like Jessica Jones and be like, oh yeah, this is what network superheroes look like. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you know, but we'll see. It's I mean, it's I'll I still watch. find it entertaining. But anyways, but in in the land of perfect timing, so they did the announcement. Yeah. Of the crossover Supergirl, and then the right. next day, they released the latest episode of Flash, yeah, which contains a teaser for oh, cool. the Supergirl crossover. Yeah, um, so I'm wondering if they were just holding the distribution on this until they knew it was a cut deal. And then, said, okay, put that put that sequence Go! back in, yeah, because there's a little <coughs> excuse me sequence where 
very minor spoiler alert, our heroes are traveling between dimensions. Right. And whenever that happens, you know, they, they use that to flash forward to future episodes or yeah. to alternate ver- versions of people. So we've, we've seen flash forwards to the Flash Museum in the future and alternate versions of Flash from different DC iterations of, of the character. And as we're going through, we see a different version of Arrow swoop by and a slightly altered version of the Flash go by. And then Supergirl from the, from the CBS series flashes by as we, as we go between universes. It's like, ah, oh, hey, I know what you did there. Cute. Yep. All right. Well, well we'll see. Yeah. Growly Bear from the IRC zooms face mask. Looks a little bit like Jonah Hex slash zombie. Yeah, it, it's kind of like that. It's as, as yeah. if you did the side of Jonah Hex's face several times across the whole mouth. Gotcha. Lots of stretchy bits. Um, again, w- uh, an embarrassment of wealth of stuff we could be watching. Well, let's talk about embarrassment then real quick <laughs> and talk about uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Hey, Grail and I are on the same page about something. Yeah, this one is uh, is is a bit of a slog right now for me to, to watch. Now, and to tell you the most surprising thing for this entire show for me, I my favorite characters right now are Heatwave and Captain Cold. <laughs> kind of terrifying, isn't it? It's really sad. It's scary to me that they are like when they're on screen. I'm like, okay, I can kind of get behind these. Even Heatwave, who was horrible in the Flash, yeah, is like, okay, I kind of get your character now. And and Sarah is really good too. Yeah, like I like her character. White Canary, Heatwave, and Captain Cold. So we have Snart. Yeah, Sarah Snart and, and is, is Snart. Yeah, and it's just. But then you get to like poor Rory, man. That Rip Rip Hunter is his name Rip in the show. Hunter, Time Master. He is really god awful annoying. Oh God, yes. I mean, just terrible. I don't know what they're trying to do with the I character, but uh, it's been. He's it's a driven working. man who is seeking revenge for the death of his wife and child, right. and yet. Makes the stupidest, most basic time travel mistakes that, that uh, over and, and over, over and over again, and you know, seeks revenge, but then doesn't actually take his revenge, and you know, it's like yeah, uh, yeah, whatever, uh, uh, mm, uh. yeah. So this I one, mean, uh, that, uh, and uh, these, these were all my these were my my fears when I saw this yeah. this one. Like, oh, sometimes my fears come true. Oh, God. Hawk Girl is super annoying as well. Um, they really need to get her past her kind of uncertainties, uncertainty about who she is, what she could do. And I'm just a barista. Like, okay, I got it. Let's move this character on somewhere. Cause right now it's pretty damn boring. And then they made, uh, uh, Palmer, Dr. Ray Palmer, like who I really enjoyed on the arrow. Yeah. They've turned him into like this bumbling idiot. Yeah. And it's like he never was stupid. He was a genius who was kind of eccentric, eccentric and awkward, but not and not but not bumbling or, or not bumbling clumsy, yeah. and like super unsure of himself. Like it's just, it's completely not his character yeah. that everybody really, you know, pretty much every scene for, with him. I'm, I'm just liked. I'm cringing. Yeah, it's just he. I don't know. They're like writing him so bad, and the chemistry between the two halves of Firestorm just isn't there either. Well, yeah, that was the actor leaving the series, and I know. 
them having so to quickly retcon and bring but, in yeah. another version of it. And they're shooting for the, I think, the mentor-student relationship between the professor's side of Firestorm yeah. and um, I Adam. I get it. But it's just it's just not clicking. It's just it's just not there. They don't have quite the chemistry that uh, even him and Robbie Amell had. Yeah, which wasn't the greatest, but at least it 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 worked somewhat on screen. This just isn't working. Yeah. Uh, so you're yeah, it's it's not good when like half your team it's like oh I really don't want to watch these people. <laughs> See, and, and I'm reminded of you know, why I stand in awe of the prowess of Joss Whedon. Yeah. Because he does ensemble shows like nobody else. Yeah. yeah. And we are so spoiled by that. When you, when you look at the number sure. of characters in Buffy the Vampire Slayer that they balanced. And, oh, yeah. And then he moved on to things like Avengers where that's, and Firefly where that's just his strength. Yeah. And then you see it, it done wrong. Yeah. And this one, you know, it, it's it's partially the writing, or it's a lot of it's the writing of the ways they're doing some of the characters. But in some cases, you know, that the actors just aren't clicking as well. Yeah. Uh, so you know, and and unfortunately, uh, you know, the the main villain, Vandal Savage, is okay, but he's not. He's I was not hoping for exactly, a more compelling portrayal. Yeah, he's not really chewing up the scenery, and you're left also looking at this guy going. Well, you just like stab, like cut his throat, I think, at one point, mm -hmm. and he passes out. Like, why not handcuff the dude yeah. or pour to, put him in a thing of cement in the foundation of a building? Or, you know, just because he's immortal doesn't mean you can't imprison him. Right. And it's so it's like this huge gaping hole where he just is like, yeah, I slid his throat and then I just left him there because I knew he was going to come back. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> so, uh, oh, yeah, it's just it just isn't clicking. And maybe they can turn it around, but right now it's it's in pretty bad shape. Yeah, I was hoping for you know the the long game version of Vandal Savage that I've seen in things like Justice League Doom. Right. Which was a DC animated movie based on frickin' the Super Friends. Yeah. Which is essentially what that was based on, and it was yep. great, because, and it, it was, and the Vandal Savage in that one was, was awesome. Yeah. And this guy's more of a mustache-twirling, short-term gain, but I'm immortal, um, kind of, sort of playing the long game. Yeah, it's, uh, the, so many holes in the plot. Yeah, um, just not. Yeah, there's no, no cohesive vision as to what he's trying to do as they jump through time and, you know, get to put on cool well, wardrobes. And, and you have a time traveler right. with a fantastically powerful ship and technology, versus a guy from ancient Egypt, right? Where even if you visited him. The month after he became immortal from the super stupor meteorite strike, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. You could do exactly what you just said. Scoop him up. What's he going to do? Stab you with his stone knife? Exactly. And just stick him in a cell? And we're done. Right. Or, you know, if you were able to go back a month after he became immortal, why not go back a month before he became immortal? Precisely. <laughs> like this, the pro that's the problem. You can't have your protagonist have the power of time. Right. <laughs> they they could have hung a lantern on it and said, "No, I can't 
mess with you know sections of the timeline because right. there will be disastrous effects. So I can only yeah. take action from this point in existence forward. Right, right. And do techno babble, techno babble, techno babble. Here's why. Right. They didn't. They showed Rip Hunter freaking going back and deciding to kill him before he became an immortal. Yeah. And panicking just, and, and not doing it. Right. So they basically said, oh, he could have totally have done this. Yeah. Which means he could totally do this at any time. He could come back two minutes after he left that first time with better resolve and kill his ass. Yeah. So why is there a TV series? Why not? Yeah. What, what is the point of this? So yeah, they've, 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 they've done the long game time travel immortal thing wrong. Right, right. You can't. You so they, they lost me at the very first episode, or the second episode, because right. it was the second episode where they introduced the idea of him. Oh, yeah. I, I went back and tried to kill him and I wimped out. And I failed, so I'm a monster. Like, no, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> That's, you, 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 couldn't, you can't tell me this story about you this early because I don't care about you. Yeah, I really there's, don't there's care not, about they haven't, you. There's not enough time for any of the characters. Because they're doing no time on character development and all time on yeah. just giving them stuff to do. Yeah, yeah. It's like, and it's always, well, let's break them apart. Because for some reason, even though I formed a team, I have no desire to ever use my team together right. unless it's at the very end of the episode where everybody has to rush to save the dun, two dun, dun, idiots dun. that went off by themselves and got, you know, in a bad situation. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, right now it's. It's pretty pretty bad, well, but we had we had speculated previously you know, when we were going to get yeah. the first boner, and I think we've got it firmly. Yeah, so far, but I mean, at the same time, this is kind of uh, near the state. Probably, it's a little worse than where I was with Agents of Shield at certain points, but not that far off. And they managed to write that ship, so maybe. Maybe this one. Uh, yeah, but the Agents of Shield around. never drove me away as thoroughly as this. It as just, early as this, I mean, I really, I checked out and said, "I'm not coming back. I'm not interested in watching this." And Agents of Shield never quite got me there. I got to the Agents end of the- Shield got me uh, several times where I was like, "This is really boring." Like I could be doing a lot better things with my time. See, they would, they, the they would give me enough to. breadcrumbs of where they were going with the larger story that they they yeah. managed barely to keep me tuning in until they started actually delivering on those breadcrumbs. They've given me no breadcrumbs with Le- with Legends of Tomorrow. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know where they're going. In my mind, I basically, the only reason I kept with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for as long as I did was because of uh, May and Coulson. And that was about it through some of their dark time episodes. And they had to freaking turn Ward into evil. Once they turned Ward over, then it became interesting. But that was the end of the first season. And and then second season happened, and it started off good. And then that one went into a big lull until the end, and then it picked back up. So this one, like I said, it's starting off with not only characters I don't like, but with a big fundamental flaw to how what they're fighting, yeah. which is the one thing that I can give Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., at least when they were doing their Monster of the Week stuff, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it made sense why they were out there doing things. Right. I never sat there and went, this is the stupidest thing ever. They, they could have fixed this, this with this one yeah. simple, what's yeah. the, this one amazing trick that doctors don't want you to know about? Number right. 13 will, will astonish you. Yeah. Um, so, so so we'll see, but I don't know. I mean, I'm willing to 
to to stick it out for a little bit because I can watch it without paying for it. So, <laughs> you know. yeah, no, no vet in the IRC makes the comment, or better yet, they could just rocket his ass into the sun. There you go. They have, yeah, they have so many options to deal with this guy. No, I mean, but the, the problem is they give Rip Hunter this fantastically powerful and advanced ship. Yeah. And, but you can do, I mean, the, the, the doctor has the freaking TARDIS. I mean, and, and they make him interesting. I don't know. Right. Well, the, what they, they needed to do, well, because also the doctor's not, you know, a dumbass trying to kill somebody. If the doctor said, I don't need to kill this guy, then the doctor would kill the guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, well, there's, there's no, there been instances. no question there on that. But I mean, the, the, yeah, like you said, they could have built in, they could have made it and basically said, you know, I'm from the future. I can't change the past, right. but I can, I know about it. I can go in and I can grab you from your timeline and bring you to the future to help me fight him there. And then suddenly, okay, this might be a little more and interesting. Even, and even better, I would not have him say that. I would have a, a bit where somebody on the crew did something, yeah, and then they showed the disastrous right results. Instead, they had Snart go off and try yeah. and save his dad. Which you know, as soon as he did it, as soon as he said what he was going to do, I I was like, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> I could and see I could see Michael Ironside, so it can't be all bad. No, no it's but it all was bad. still super duper obvious. Yeah, but also instead of going the if you tamper with the timeline, there are massive negative repercussions. Right. They went with the. If you tamper with the timeline, it just heals itself. Time just tries to fix itself. Time wants to happen the way it happened. Like, that's stupid. They, yeah, then they could have done something have really, really interesting if they had him give, you know, basically keep his dad from jail, and then suddenly his character changes completely. Right. Like, that would have been interesting. Yeah. And, and they, they could have done something to, to fix some of the freaking annoying characters. Right. So they should have gone back and tampered with Heatwave's family and turned him into an interesting character. Yeah, well, he like I said, even with his like you know monosyllable lines, he's still more interesting to me than half the the rest yeah. of the cast. You're not wrong you because at least he's wrong. just kind of like, yeah, I'm here to kill people and shoot my gun. Like that's what I like to do, and that's it. Okay, here's, here's what they need to do. <laughs> Next episode, Rip Hunter gets freaking knifed in the back by Vandal Savage, and he's gone from the show. And they just had to figure out how to use the time machine and screw yeah. up lots of stuff every week. Yeah, like they could all. do a lot of interesting, you know, plays on just breaking time, basically, and then trying <laughs> to co- recover from that. <laughs> Growly Bear makes the observation in the RC. Why does everyone have a copy of Gideon? Did Barry make it? I know Barry slash Flash made it, but everyone seems to have it. Did Barry open an LLC and sell it? Yeah. Apparently. Gideon apparently went open source or yeah, something. Yeah, see, Gideon, Linus Torvalds wrote the original kernel for Gideon right. back in 1979. Yeah. And so, oh, yeah. I, I think basically what it means is they had the graphical ac- a- uh, assets and the voice actress, and, and it is a way to tie the different stories together. So Gideon is a through line from the Flash universe to the Legends of Tomorrow universe and the distant future. So I'll, yeah, I'll give it's actually, really I actually that was kind of nice, but yeah, everybody has Gideon except you know Barry apparently. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Heat <laughs> from No Vet in the Air Sea. Heat Wave. I like fire. Pretty much, he's a simple character. <laughs> that's okay. Yep. You know, it's like that's that's his thing, and he's he's all in on that's his thing. Okay, cool. 
I'm 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 okay with that as you know the thug character that is uh you know he's he's basically Jane from uh, Firefly. Yeah, they're trying. They're trying for that that type of character, and that's fine. I'm okay. Like I said, I'm okay with him, which I never thought I would say. Uh, and I think Sarah has Sarah and Snark have the most interesting depth of their characters, and everybody else could die in a fire. At, you know, heat waves fire, as far as I'm concerned. Exactly. So you're right there on set, just go for it. Kill them. Yeah. Shoot Boom. them. Shoot them both. All right. So that brings us right along to the end of the show. Yay. Yay. Wait a second. That's supposed to be the happy part? I guess so. I get to sleep. Yes. Uh, so programmatic notifications. We have new shows. All manner of new shows over on Alpha Geek Media. Uh, and I'm going to sneeze again. Dang it. <laughs> Please That's excuse yours. me. And I'm on video, too, so I probably looked like, ooh, something frightening. Someone's going to freeze frame that and turn it into a GIF. I knew it. Uh, joining us on the network, uh, and he actually had his premiere episode this afternoon, uh, Dan Class, who has been podcasting since 2004. Mm. Before podcast was a word. Wow. Yeah. He has brought his show, The Bitterest Pill, onto the network and is now doing video casting as well as podcasting and doing it live for the very first time. Cool. And I can say uh, you did a very kick-ass job for someone who's, who is wrangling video and audio live stream for the very first time. In fact, most of the problems were on my end because I put a bunch of typos into his on-air script that were entirely my fault. Uh-huh. He did everything right and it still didn't go on air until I fixed it. So I'll own that one. It's all better now. Uh, so check out the the bitterest pill on the network. You can go to Alpha Geek Radio or AlphaGeekVideo.com. Click on shows. He's right there in the big old alphabetical list. Uh, if you're looking for some nice, dry observational humor out of L.A. Uh, with a, a sousant of neuroses and um, oh. self doubt, it's a wonderful show. Um, and starting up, I believe this Saturday. Uh, Scott Johnson is bringing Experience Points, which is his game streaming show, uh, for three hours every Saturday. Yes, we finally got something on the schedule for Saturdays. Um, full three-hour block comprised of PC gaming news, commentary, live calls, and lots and lots of live gameplay. Interviews and other gamers and developers, game reviews, and some mostly friendly live competition from your favorite frog pants and gaming personalities that will be on Channel 1, audio and video, uh, noon to 3, Mountain Time on Saturdays, starting two days from now. Uh, we now have the Indispensable Thursday Show, which airs Wednesdays. Because right. reasons. Um, Sable and Dave uh, have been releasing their show on Thursday for ages, but have decided to start recording it live Wednesday nights but they still will release the podcast to their audience uh, Thursday morning. So they're going to continue to call it the Indispensable Thursday Show, recorded live on Alpha Geek Radio, Wednesday nights. Because that's how we roll. Uh, Coming up on Monday at... uh, What time is it, Mountain? I'm going to check my schedule. Come on. Of course, the internet slows down to a crawl as soon as I need it. Uh Uh, 3 o'clock. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Eastern. We have our first drive time live call in talk show called huh. Hotline Monday, 
with Justin Robert Young and Scott Johnson. Um, they're going to be basically a, a nerd-centric version of the drive-time call-in radio show. I'm really looking forward to this one. They're doing their beta test show uh, this coming Monday, and if all goes well, it'll become a regular thing. Uh, I'm not sure when that's going to start being regular, but the, the, the first test episode is this coming Monday, 3 p.m. Mountain Time, 5 p.m. Eastern. Um, if you're in your drive time around then, you should be using the all-new mobile Alpha Geek Media site. Just point your phone's web browser at Alpha Geek Media or Alpha Geek Video or Alpha Geek Radio. Any of those URLs will redirect you to the new mobile interface, which works really well on mobile devices and gives you access to all the mobile video and audio players, even versions with chat for when you're not driving people. Um, but lets you play it as radio in your car as you're driving around really, really easily. Uh, there's all kinds of features you can do on demand in there as well. If you have a show you've missed, just go into the shows section. You can play episodes right off their RSS feeds, um, however you want to do it. Please get in there and test the heck out of this for me. I need to get as many of you as possible on as many different devices and platforms to make sure this is working consistently um, and address any bugs you may have. So go to alphageekradio.com using the web browser on your mobile device, uh, mobile phones in particular, and you can go pretty much access all the content live and on demand right through your phone as long as you have a decent internet connection. So please uh, use the heck out of it and report any issues you may have or new features you want or bugs you may encounter to info at alphageekradio.com and I will get them addressed. Uh, thank you to all the volunteers that submit show ideas to our subreddit, um, alphageekradio.reddit.com or reddit.com slash r slash alphageekradio. Find us on the web. We are all over the place. alphageekradio.com for the website. If you're a Facebooker, just do a search for Alpha Geek Media or Casually Hardcore for this show in particular. Google Plus, we're in there as well. Again, search for Alpha Geek Media. Um, or just come to the website, alphageekradio.com, and all the links are right there. We have new fun features like the all-in-one RSS feed to subscribe to all the shows on the network in one gulp, uh, audio version and a video version. Uh, just go to the subscribe tab at the top of the page. Uh, we've got links to all the different networks that have joined our network. We have links to all the different uh, stores. We can get uh, fat swag from different shows kind of a fun redesign of the front page linking to all kinds of more interesting things on the tweeter the network is alpha geek radio the show is hardcore casuals i am on there as gnomewise and he is on there as grail ch that's g-r-a-i-l-c-h correct correct grail casually hard i'm gonna fix the template now because i keep forgetting to do that but now <laughs> it is done if you want to email us, our email address is the show at alphageekradio.com. That is the show at alphageekradio.com. If you want to contribute to the network and continue keeping the lights on and the shows streaming, yikes, go to patreon.com forward slash alphageek. That's P A T R E O N dot com forward slash alphageek. Um, and you can subscribe to the network. Send us a couple of bucks a month. Every little bit helps. Crowdsource 
me as an employee. I, I would love to do this as my full-time job. That is my goal. One day, my dream may come true. It's good to have dreams, isn't it? I guess so. I'll be in the car. All right. In the meantime, I have been Gnomewise. And I've been Grail. And indeed, once I have sorted out the playlist, we will be out of here. Bye-bye, radio people.